Blood and Fire Water contains explicit language and graphic content not suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. We are not any type of professionals, as you'll hear. We do not pretend to be. Stay alert, stay alive. You can reach out to us on Instagram at Blood and Firewater Podcast. We are also available on Snapchat and Twitter at BFW Pod Squad. Welcome to Blood and Firewater for the last time. I mean, not the last time. It's just the third time that we've had to restart this episode because <laughs> we're not we're not seeing eye to eye. I, <laughs> I'm Rashad. Over there is Ajon, and for the for tonight's episode or today's episode, wherever you're at in the world, we're going to discuss three previous episodes that we've covered before about serial killers. Season three is our, you know, serial killer season. So we're covering serial killers, some of the most prolific. But it would be remiss of us not to mention two, two of the serial killers that are from where we are from in South Carolina. And then there's, and then one of them is, where's, where's, where's the weepy, weepy voice killer from? I feel like there's something up north. Minnesota. So, shout out to Minnesota for that. Without further, you know, nonsense. Which which one? Like, I, okay, so we're going to talk about the weepy voice killer. I don't know if you've ever heard of that guy. I have. Um, then we're going to talk about Pee Wee Gaskins. I don't know if you heard of him. No, sir. Mean meanest man in America and then we're going to talk about the Amazon killer Mr. Todd Colewhip Colewhip I'm familiar with Todd because that actually happened down below my high school so I remember being in class when they announced that they found um, kind of revealing my age a little bit but I was in class when they revealed the finding of the woman, but I guess we can get more into that when we get there. I mean, you could have said what you wanted to say. I wouldn't have said anything. Well, who are we going to start with then? I feel like we should start with um, Mr. Weepy Voice. Weepy Voice? Okay, so he was episode, he was a really early episode. Um, I found that case on Forensic Files. And, you know, it's one of those it's one of those episodes on Forensic Files where you go and you pick an episode from from Forensic uh, <laughs> pick an episode from Forensic Files and it's that episode every single time. So I've seen it an unwanted, you know, seven or eight times because every time I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to just go pick a random episode." It's this one. So, it happened in the 80s. His first victim was in, uh, on New Year's Eve. Um, I don't think he murdered her in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Her name was Karen Potak, and it happened on December 31st, 1980. Uh, the, the police responded to a call from a man that sounded, you know, awfully distraught. Asking them to go to Malberg Manufacturing Company machine shop because there was a girl hurt there, quote unquote, at the location. When they got there, they discovered a body of a female named Karen Potek naked in the snow. 
cracked skull, unsurmountable amount of just injuries, but she survived. The second victim was a woman named Kimberly Compton uh, about six months afterwards, June 3rd. She was stabbed with an ice pick. And Kimberly was only 18. Like, come on now. I think that was, uh, she had just, she got into town or something like that. And she had just dropped her stuff off at a bus station, like in a locker. And then they went and got something to eat. And then shortly after that, dead, dead. She, she was dead. Uh, the third victim was Barbara Simmons. Uh, about six, no, June, July, about three months later. Oh, no, it was a year later. I'm sorry. Yeah, 82. A year later. Uh, she was found thrown down an embankment. She was uh, 41. This is when he, he calls and he's like, please don't talk, just listen. Oh, bro, I have like the worst time. I remember recording this. Cause I was like, we're just going to read these phone calls because I cannot stand this guy's voice. I still can't. I just thought about it and I was like, I just said it out loud and I was like, Ugh, why did I do that? His voice matches his face like a hundred percent. This man is disgusting. I just looking at his face, I really don't understand how um Kimberly willingly got into a vehicle with him, traveled from the place she was at, and just sat and chilled with her. Like this man, he got a whole porn stash and a, a setback. You know, that was the three victims within the cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, you know, they were all, you know, followed with calls from the weepy voice killer. Then we get the surviving victim, Denise Williams from Minneapolis. Uh, she was picked up on August 21st, 1982. And they go to his apartment and they smash for like three minutes. And then he offers to drop her back off on the corner. Uh, you know, obviously he doesn't just drop her off back on the corner. He's going to try and kill her, you know. So he pulled out a screwdriver and then he stabbed Denise Williams with it in the stomach. Then she grabbed a bottle and she hit him over the head, causing him to, to bleed profusely all over the car, all over her. But, you know, she's still like stabby, stab, stab. Um, she makes it out of the car, but so does uh, Paul Michael Stefani. I don't know if I said his name. Like I, I should probably say, it. yeah, the weepy voice killer is Paul Michael Stefani. Um, did you mention his first ever victim? And yeah, his the okay. first victim she survived that attack. Yeah, she she was the one that got cracked over the head. Um, With that tire iron. Yeah, tire iron. We we did a joke about that in that episode too. That that's basically the you know he she uh. The paramedics come to the residence, you know, and they take him where the last victim went to the hospital, Denise Williams. Is that her name? Yeah, Denise Williams. So they're showing pictures to Denise about, you know, if, they can, if she can point out the attacker or whatever. Um, and she obviously points at Paul Michael Stefani. Um, First off, shout out to Denise for um, kicking his ass. 
because crime scene photos show the inside of his car and I'm sure it's both of their blood but the blood is in the front seat the back seat the window all of that like she really held her own and for him to be stabbing her while she's fighting him that's 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 something else and shout out to that neighbor that heard all of that and came to her rescue because he could have just you know minded his own business and went to sleep right so um following you know that attack the police find out that paul michael stefani was the one that called you know through tracing his address they find that he had recently just called the hospital or went to the hospital and um yeah they went and picked his ass up from the hospital <laughs> so you know he goes to court obviously they play the audio from the the phone calls that he he basically snitched on himself and then um you know some i don't know how long the trial was but paul michael stefani was sentenced to 40 years in prison and you know they i if i remember right he only got he only got sentenced for one murder charge yeah and not the other two if i remember right well in 97 but, he admitted to the other two okay um yeah. but i think he's dead already so he yeah he's already dead what? i think he died of like a, a heart attack or rest something respiratory maybe so that was paul michael stefani he doesn't go like if, as far as forensic files is concerned yeah he's quite popular because i'm sure i'm not the only person that's ever made that mistake of watching that episode like at least five times but he definitely wasn't going to get any kind of play on this season unless like we were recapping just the ones that we did in general the next guy we're going to talk about is peewee now peewee bro um okay so peewee gaskins he was born in in florence county south carolina 1933 little little fella he was like i think at full size he was about five two and 130 pounds so little bitty guy really 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 mean really mean little guy he claims over a hundred bodies he got you know he went to jail for 13 they found 13 in his you know little personal graveyard i mean we're talking family members nieces like babies he raped a two-year-old um it was said that he ate people I mean, just awful. I mean, let me see if I can find some of, like, some of the murders. Like, I don't want to see if I... I don't want to know if I can... Oh, yeah, he killed a guy on death row while he was on death row. I mean, I really don't know that much about Pee Wee, but... He Jesus. killed somebody while he was on death row from another cell with a bomb that he made on death row. Wow. Yeah, I mean, but, like, okay, so, let me... I digress. His childhood was bad, though. At, like, one or two, he drank a whole bunch of kerosene. And, like, that was not good. And then his mom was, like, 13. Just, well, I mean, she, you can't really base a murderer's childhood off of what they they did. I mean... That, that kerosene <laughs> will mess you up, though. But still, like... 
From what I see, he killed okay, at so least 100 what, people. Like, come on now. What I'm getting to is, like, he had a really shitty childhood, too. Like, he was raped as a child by, like, other kids. And, yeah, that kerosene. I still can't get over drinking kerosene. Like, that, that has got to be something. I mean, we just did Gacy. Gacy was sexually assaulted as a child. I mean, yeah, he turned out to be a murderer, too, but... Kiwi was just wilding. Like, none of this was necessary. Okay, so Gaskins, he picked up his first attempted murder charge at 16 when he broke into a girl's house and attacked her with a hatchet. 51, he got he got married and joined a circus or something like that. 54, he escapes prison. You know, probably for like the second or third time. He escaped prison in 55. <laughs> yeah. After his wife out for divorce, so I, I don't know. Um, he went back to jail though. Sixty one, he was released from a prison in South Carolina, and I guess that wasn't enough for him because he started breaking into people's houses again. Sixty two, he was arrested for statutory rape of his twelve year old, and then he escaped to North Carolina and married a 17-year-old. So, I mean, this man was just living, not living life, but just, oof. Um, this man is wild. He, wow. On December 4th, 1975, Pee Wee, after being surrounded at his residence on Manning Avenue in Sumter, South Carolina, confessed to the other four bodies that they found in his little graveyard. He also confessed to the murders of Doreen Dempsey and her two-year-old daughter. That was the two-year-old I was telling you about that he uh, molested. Mm-hmm. Gaskins was charged with the eight bodies that they found, plus the four, then plus the other two. His One of his accomplices was sentenced to one life sentence because he was uh, mentally... He he he, <laughs> he had a slow kid helping him. I think. So if I don't you don't know. mind me asking, how many bodies does he have in all? On paper. Mm-hmm. Thirteen. That's it. Yeah, I mean that's it. Yeah, but he claims over a hundred and something. Mm. They only charged him with what they could find. I mean, he was leaving bodies everywhere. So, and he he didn't just stay in South Carolina either, but he he was known. To kind of uh, embellish, is that the word? Embellish a couple mm-hmm. facts here and there. Like, you know, they'd be like, hey, Pee Wee, did you shoot the guy? He'd be like, yeah. Like, did you shoot him in the head? He'd be like, yeah. You know, and build off that, even if it wasn't true. So, mm-hmm. but Pee Wee was, Pee Wee was a bad man. I wish I could pull up, well, you know, if you want to hear the whole story, I did do that episode. And it was a it was another earlier one, but you know I did a lot of research for it. I read like two big ass books and watched probably a lot of documentaries. I probably sourced all all the notes in the episode, sir. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, and then the last guy we're going to talk about is probably one of the more recent serial killers I covered, which was uh, Mr. Todd Colehep. Is it okay? I mean, I don't, I don't really want to take the lead on this, but I mean... No, go um, for it. What, what do you know about Todd Colehead? All right, so like I said... um. Oh, no, what, not what do you know, but 
you said it, that that it happened close to home for you. Yeah, close to home for me. Um, down from my high school, but Todd was from great old Sparkle City, Spartanburg, South Carolina. He he basically was found guilty of murder of several people, but the straw that broke the camel's back was he had a shipping container, and inside of said container was a young woman. Todd Cohelp, when he was 14, he was charged with kidnapping and sexual assault, and he was served, he served 14 years and got out in 01. And then in... 2016. Well, he he did a lot in in his in his young life. He um I believe he shot up a what was it a superbike superbike super motorsports. Bike. Yeah, superbike motorsports. That was like one. That was one thing that helped them. Well, not helped them, but helped bring those people justice when he was caught. But in 2016, uh, a couple, Kayla Brown and Charles Carver, went missing and. It was two months before they were able to really track their phones. But November 3rd, 2016, Spartanburg police found Miss Brown chained inside of a metal shipping container. She told police that Todd had shot Charles in the, in the chest three times and then buried him in a blue tarp. And she had been in that container for 65 days. Yeah, I remember. I remember seeing the video from when they found her. Like she had that shit practiced. Like the little speech, like how she remembered it. She was like, she yeah. shot him in. <laughs> she shot him with a gun with the blue tarp underneath the thing, and then like it seemed like she had practiced it over and over again with all that free time that she had in that shipping container. Well, I'm not gonna say she had free time, but I'm pretty sure like he was doing stuff to her while she was in that container. I'm being facetious. I, I, I yeah, I, I get that. Todd also confessed to, he basically was just killing couples. Like, how he got Kayla and um, Charles there was he put out an ad and said he needed people to, because he, he lived on 95 acres. So he put out an ad and said that he needed people to come out and help him clean, straighten up. And that's how he got those two. And then Johnny Coxie and Megan Coxie, he also killed them. They were found with their feet removed, and they never found their feet. Mm. But um, yeah, in '03, he killed the four people at the Superbike Motorsports. So place. you know what happened at the Superbike Motorsports thing? Um. Um. It was November sixth of two thousand three, and it happened in Chesney. He walked out of the store because he tried to bring back a motorcycle because he wasn't able to drive it because he was an alcoholic but so he it, like he couldn't stay upright because he was drunk um but he went back he went back up there to see if he can get lessons and he I think he got like laughed out in the building so he left then he came back when he left, he left Scott Ponder, 30, his mother Beverly Guy, 52, shop mechanic Chris Sherbert, 26, and Ponder's close friend and service manager, Brian Lucas. All of them dead. He walked into the back door. He shot the mechanic first. 
Then Beverly is shot outside of the bathroom. Then Lucas was inside of the main hallway, and Scott was shot last in the parking lot of the Superbike Motorsports. So yeah, that wasn't solved for 13 years. Like that just that just went unsolved. You know when he was caught after he confessed to the Johnny and Megan murders, he had you know eventually admitted to the Superbike murders too. But at the trial, he was initially charged with four counts of murder for the superbike thing and one kidnapping charge for the chick in the shipping container. Later, they would add three additional murder charges and another kidnapping charge for Megan and three charges of possession of a deadly weapon during the commission of a violent crime. So seven murder charges, two counts of kidnapping, one count of criminal sexual assault. He was sentenced to seven consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole. And the only reason why he didn't get the death penalty is because of a plea bargain. So, plus, oh wait, I'm sorry, plus another 30 years for kidnapping and another 30 for the sexual assault of the hostages Brown and Coxie. So, in other words, you will never see him again. <laughs> never, ever. He, he was a bad man, and... Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's funny how we talk, like, I remember going to Denver right around the time uh, the Chris Watts thing happened, and I was like, I can't remember where I was, because I wanted to go see the, the Ramsey house, because what do you do when you're super into true, like, what do you do when you go to Disney World? You want to go see Cinderella's Castle, right? Well, if you're a true crime fanatic, you want to go see John Bonet Ramsey's house. Um, and I didn't go because it was like four hours away. It might not have been four hours away. I was in Aurora, and they are in Boulder. So I don't know how far that is. But I wanted to go see the Ramsey house because I was in Denver. Or I was in Colorado. So, like, to be here, I don't want to see anything that has to do with Pee Wee Gaskins or uh, Todd Colehead. And, and I mean, I've, I believe I've seen that Superbike place. I believe it's still there. I've only been to Chesney once, though. I mean, I'm not necessarily saying that I would want to take a field trip to either one of the places. This was more, I feel like this was more like a just a uh, midday afternoon let's let's record something because we're both in the mood and let's talk about something that i already had wrote down pretty much a, a recap in type episode because honorable but dishonorable mention dishonorable mention there you go a dishonorable mention episode also i feel um, like this episode is kind of i don't know because we're about to get into the real nitty-gritty with the next two cases so I feel like people need something to calm them down after what Ed Kemper and then yeah, that was an hour and 20 minutes what's next um some really bad some guys really bad. like like we had to adjust the numbers on the scale okay so I don't know um if you um remember but we adjusted the scale after we put Kemper on the board. We had to we had to manipulate the numbers. You weren't here when we recorded it, that's why. 
We still have to we have to give Gacy a number by the end of this episode, and I have to. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go out of uh, seventeen. Out of seventeen, ooh. So do I get to give Gacy his number? Yeah, I mean, out of seventeen, you know, Kemper got a fifteen mm-hmm. out of seventeen, and then we handicapped everyone else's points that were already on the board. By two points. Um, <clears throat> for Gacy, I feel like we need to give Gacy at least like a 12 and a half, 13. I was about to say, we're going to put him right at about a 12. 12 and a half, 13. Because Gacy just, the blatant disrespect, you know, for his victims. <laughs> disrespect. Um, I mean, just think about it. He, he was putting them under his house and just walking on top of them all day every day um yeah even having possible future victims come and dig more space and area for future said for said future victims to go so yeah gacy's like a 12 and a half 13 because he was just no no respect no most serial killers don't have respect for people, but Gacy is just. No, that's not true. Kemper was very polite. He rubbed the he rubbed the girl's boob and he apologized right before he stabbed her. So. And they that. say chivalry is dead. <laughs> chivalry, chivalry. <laughs> it's not funny, but it's funny. Like, yeah, I'ma just rub your boobie and apologize for doing it before I. No, he bumped, he rubbed up against it accidentally. He was like, "Ooh, I didn't." No, I think I think I think he was already actually stabbing her, and then like he accidentally like grabbed her boob for like to brace himself on. He was like, "Ooh, sorry." She's like, uh. <laughs> "Oh my god, no, <laughs> no, I I apologize, but it's just like I I just couldn't see myself like this big, tall, six nine, three hundred and something pound man." Stabbing me no. and then panicking because he rubbed my breast on accident and then apologizes not for stabbing me. No, I'm not sorry for stabbing mm-hmm. you. I'm sorry for touching your breast. No, Mm-mm. disrespect. All serial killers, in my opinion, do not have respect for human life. All right, that's, uh, I think that's fair to say. You 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 definitely made your Thank point. You. you shouldn't touch boobs or stab people. So, but if you do touch a boob or, or stab somebody, make sure you have consent first. Hey, man, can I stab you? Yeah, sure. go ahead. And then he's like, dude, you stabbed me. Like, well, you said I could. That's consent. <laughs> and then just go. I guess you go to work after that or something. And most definitely, yeah. Just carry on with your day. Take them out to lunch. What did you do today? <laughs> what did you do today? Nothing. Nothing at all. I was at home the whole time. Who'd you talk to? So we're gonna put Dom or we're gonna put Gacy at a twelve. That is, I think that's fair. Uh, I will update the board soonish. It's right there. I know you can see it. They um, can't see it, but yes, I can see it. No, they can't see it. But I'll I'll take some pictures of it after I get it updated, and I gotta just re graffiti the rest of it out. So there's that. Um. But yeah, I think. Um, the dishonorable mentions was a good just buffer type episode kind of just get to 
blend in some natural conversation with like random facts about three different people that you probably didn't know. But if you want to know them, check our backlog. We've already done these episodes. Check them out again, I guess, if you already heard them. Yeah, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Blood and Firewater Podcast and on Snapchat and Twitter at BFW Pod Squad. And also make sure you stay alert, stay alive, and stay weird, okay? Don't, don't, um, if you're a sex worker, mm. watch, oh, watch shit. your Johns. If you are taking a Craigslist or a Facebook Marketplace job, do your research before you go and peewee i just i i don't i don't really have any any tips if you meet a person if you just if you meet anybody named peewee just stay away stay far away <laughs> yeah peewee's never been a good name for a lot of things peewee herman nah don't play my friend don't play my friend like that oh. <laughs>